section five of historical mysteries this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. historical mysteries by andrew lang the cardinal's necklace oh nature and thackeray which of you imitated the other one inevitably thinks of the old question thus travestied when one reads in the fifth edition revised and augmented of monsieur funk bretano's l'affaire du collier the familiar story of jean de valois of cardinal rohan and of the fatal diamond necklace jean de valois might have sat though she probably did not for becky sharp her early poverty her pride in the blood of valois recall becky's youth and her boasts about the blood of the montmorencys jeanne and her respectable friends as becky had the sedleys like becky she imprudently married a heavy unscrupulous young officer her expedients for living on nothing a year were exactly those of mrs rawdon crawley her personal charms her fluent tongue her good nature even were those of that accomplished lady finally she has her marquis of stain in the wealthy luxurious cardinal de rohan she robs him to a tune beyond the dreams of becky and incidentally she drags to the dust the royal head of the fairest and most unhappy of queens even now there seems to be people who believe that marie antoinette was guilty that she cajoled the cardinal and robbed him of the diamonds fateful as the jewels of ariphile that theory is annihilated by m funk britanno but the story is so strangely complicated the astuteness and the credulity of the cardinal are so oddly contrasted a momentary folly of the queen is so astonishing and fatal the general mismanagement of the court is so crazy that had we lived in paris at the moment perhaps we could hardly have believed the queen to be innocent even persons greatly prejudiced in her favour might well have been deceived and the people loveth to think the worst and is hardly to be moved from that opinion as was said of the scottish public at the date of the gowrie conspiracy an infidelity of henri the second of france to his wedded wife catherine de medici and the misplaced affection of louis the fifteenth for madame du barry were the remote but real causes that helped to ruin the house of france without the amour of henri the second there would have been no jeanne de valois without the hope that louis the fifteenth would stick at nothing to please madame du barry the diamond necklace would never have been woven henri the second loved about fifteen fifty a lady named nicole de savigny and by her had a son henri de st remy whom he legitimated st remy was the great 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 grandfather of jeanne de valois the flower of minxes her father a ruined man dwelt in a corner of the family chateau a predacious poaching athletic broken scion of royalty 
who drank and brawled with the peasants and married his mistress a servant girl jeanne was born at the chateau of fontetti near bar sur ob on april twenty two seventeen fifty six and she and her brother and little sister starved in their mouldering tower kept alive by the charity of the neighbors and of the curry who begged clothes for these descendants of kings but their scutcheon was and john never forgot the fact argent three fleurs de lys or on a fez azure the noblesse of the family was later scrutinized by the famous de hosier and pronounced authentic jeanne with bare feet and straws in her hair is said to have herded the cows a discontented indolent child often beaten by her peasant mother when her father had eaten up his last acre he and the family tramped to paris in seventeen sixty as jeanne was then but four years old i doubt if she ever drove the cattle home as m funk Britano finds recorded in the m s s of the advocate target who defended jeanne's victim cardinal rohan the valois crew lived in a village near paris jeanne's mother turned jeanne's father out of doors took a soldier in his place and sent the child to beg daily in the streets pity a poor orphan of the blood of valois she piped alms in god's name for two orphans of the blood of valois when she brought home little she was cruelly flogged so she says and occasionally she deviated into the truth a kind lady the marquis de boulain villiers investigated her story found it true and took up the valois orphans the wicked mother went back to bar sur ob which jeanne was to dazzle with her opulence after she got possession of the diamonds by the age of twenty-one seventeen seventy-seven jeanne was a pretty enchanting girl with a heart full of greed and envy two years later she and her sister fled from the convent where her protectress had placed them a merry society convent it was a madame de sermont now gave them shelter at bar sur ob and jeanne married very disreputably her heavy admirer lamotte calling himself count and to all appearance a stupid young officer of the gendarmerie the pair lived as such people do and again made prey of madame de boulain villers in seventeen eighty one at strasbourg the lady was here the guest of the sumptuous vain credulous but honourable cardinal rohan by this time a man of fifty and the fanatical adorer of cagliostro with his philosopher's stone his crystal gazers his cirruses his egyptian mysteries and his powers of healing diseases and creating diamonds out of nothing cagliostro doubtless lowered the cardinal's moral and mental tone but it does not appear that he had any connection with the great final swindle in his supernormal gifts and graces the cardinal did steadfastly believe ten years earlier rohan had blessed marie antoinette on her entry into france and had been ambassador at the court of maria theresa the empress a sportsman who once fired off one thousand three hundred cartridges in a day can this be true a splendid festive churchman who bewitched vienna 
and even the emperor and count kaunitz by his lavish entertainments rohan made himself positively loathed for his corrupting luxury and his wicked wit by the austere empress she procured rohan's recall and so worked on her daughter marie antoinette the young queen of france that the prelate though grand almoner was socially boycotted by the court his letters of piteous appeal to the queen were not even opened and his ambitions to sway politics like a tensin or a flurry were ruined so here are rohan cagliostro and john all broad acquainted the cardinal and this is one of the oddest features in the affair was to come to believe that jeanne was the queen's most intimate friend and could and would make his fortune with her while at the same time he was actually relieving her by little tips of from two to five louis this he was doing even after confiding in jeanne he handed to her the diamond necklace for the queen and as he believed had himself a solitary midnight interview with her majesty if jeanne was so great with the queen as rohan supposed how could jeanne also be in need of small charities rohan was a man of the world his incredible credulity seems a fact so impossible to accept that it was not accepted by public opinion the queen people could not but argue must have taken his enormous gifts and then robbed and denounced him with the case before our eyes of madame humbert who swindled scores of hard-headed financiers by the flimsiest fables we can no longer deem the credulity of the cardinal incredible even though he displayed on occasion a sharpness almost as miraculous as his stupidity rohan conferred a few small favors on john her audacity was as great as that of madame humbert and late in seventeen eighty one she established herself both at paris and in versailles this one card in her hand was the blood of the valois and for long she could not play it to any purpose her claims were too old and musty if a lady of the name of stuart were to appear to-day able to prove that she was of royal blood as being descended from francis earl of bothwell who used to kidnap james the sixth was forfeited and died in exile about sixteen twenty she could not reasonably expect to be peculiarly cherished and comforted by a royal family now jean's claims were no better and no nearer in seventeen eighty one than those of our supposed steward adventurous in nineteen o four but john was sanguine something must be done by hook or by crook for the blood of the valois 